If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 53. This is IGN's best and only Xbox 360-centric podcast. I am your host, Stephen Hopper, the head of IGN's Xbox channel. Joining me today are Locksmith's Mitch Dyer, associate editor of Xbox. This is a microphone. It is. And we have a special guest joining us today, Mr. Brett Elston, community manager, or sorry, online slash community manager of Capcom. Hello, everyone. Welcome, Brett. Hi. This is a nice studio, I gotta admit. Thanks. Not we, bad, uh, right? We, we built it. There's, I like the Mitch uh, and I did. Yeah. spider transformer legs coming out of the center of the table <laughs> and the brick wall. It brings uh-huh. the room together. That's why we have to talk into the microphones, because uh-huh. it soothes the spider beast. Okay. So its belly is like underneath the table. Oh, yeah. Its yeah. belly no, is... It is the table, actually. I see, I see. What is <laughs> its, its third form, if I continue the transformer analogy? There's robot, spider, and I guess... Tele- uh, helicopter. Mewtwo. Mewtwo. <laughs> Bulbasaur. Uh-huh. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, welcome to the podcast. And uh, yeah, Brett, tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. Yeah, something you may not know about Brett is he's single-handedly responsible for, and correct me if I'm wrong, the death of Mega Man. Oh, man, single-handedly. Yeah, you killed uh, Mega you. Man? Yeah, with my bare hands. Podcast over. Um, I gotta go. It's, in fact, the quite the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I started at Capcom in September after uh, six years of being a games journalist at the, over at Future. Uh, I was executive editor at Games Radar when I left, and then... Uh, I wrote for Nintendo Power, official Xbox Magazine. Just did a lot of freelancing in between there, mm-hmm. and then uh, after years of like you know just kind of dancing around the idea of like what would I want to do after this? Or now that I've done it for a good six years, what should I do now? Mm-hmm. I know it was my lifelong affinity for Capcom stuff. I mean, from like Ghosts and Goblins, nineteen forty-two, straight into Mega Man, Street Fighter, Resident. You were Evil. playing Ghosts and Goblins in nineteen forty-two. <laughs> See, yeah. every time I like so I, every I time I bring too. up like what were some early Capcom games I played? Was well, Ghosts and Goblins nineteen forty-two? Everyone's like. You were alive in 19... 19- like, I've had sincere reactions. <laughs> Looking like, pretty oh my God. good, Brett. Yeah, so I've had sincere Brilliant. reactions from people like, wait, how old are you? <laughs> no, the game with the plane. Yeah, but anyway. Uh, but, but I just... Somewhere around 2009, 10, I guess, it was just mm-hmm. like Capcom was on this roll with like a lot of amazing stuff just kept coming out with Mega Man 9, Binary Commander Rearms, mm-hmm. uh, Street Fighter 4 alone was a huge, a huge boon for the whole you know, industry. 
Mm-hmm. So that I, that started me thinking, like, man, they launched Capcom Unity, really paying attention to the fans and listening and starting this community. It's really kind of ahead of the curve. I kind of want to be part of that because Capcom, like, for me, is, like, up there with Nintendo in my heart. Like, you know, mm-hmm. early memories, it was, like, Nintendo, Capcom, head-to-head. So then I started talking with uh, Seth Kellyan about a year ago and just kind of like you know what would be a good fit there you know i'm not really a pr guy because that's not my background but you know what what what's possible yeah and he brought up community and it's like actually you know what that's totally true and truth be told i mean Mega Man is the reason i want to work at capcom and mm-hmm. i started it probably the time that when there wasn't anything with Mega Man to, to, to <laughs> champion so it's oh, been no. very it's been a unique six months for me and uh you know <laughs> having to go to like new york comic-con and even just pax east uh, you have to field a lot of questions about you know what's up with Mega Man. Yeah, and uh, it's really hard as a fan, like, to not have something to be like, "This is the thing we're gonna like." So, <laughs> but uh, I mean, the conversation is ongoing. Like, gotcha. we're always talking. Like, people. I mean, myself, other people in the building. Like, we care a lot about that character, and always want more to say. So, uh, obviously, there's still nothing yet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I bring it up probably every day <laughs> until someone's probably gonna tell <laughs> me to stop. Um, so, even though there's still nothing to say, and I know it's like. Yeah, it has this appearance of like we're not listening or you know what's going on, but you know game development takes a while and that was kind of a reset button when those two were canceled. Gotcha. So it takes some time to get a new game pitched in development, get it to a point where you can talk about it, and you know that's kind of the state we're in now where there's just nothing to say, but it's certainly not over. We're done at all. Hmm. He was in Cross Tekken. What more do you need? Oh, don't. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Uh, what? What was behind that though? I mean the the introduction or not introduction the reintroduction of of uh bad box art fat mega man yeah. yeah well some of this is all before i started there so i'm okay. kind of speaking uh, out of a little bit of speaking out of turn but i mean my understanding is like it was well let me think a lot of this stuff was decided you know well well in advance so mm-hmm. i mean onosan has even gone on record like that he ran by inafune you know a year ago or even possibly a year and a half two years ago like we yeah. want to do something and they were like well it shouldn't just be regular mega man it should be something do something different with it. And the idea was like, well, let's do that bad box art because, you, you know, they had seen uh, he was going to be in Universe mm-hmm. and he would kind of gone at that claymation trailer, had him in there, and it was like, well, you know, we'll have some fun with this bad box art Mega Man. And um, so the idea with that would be, let's not just do bad box art Mega Man, let's do him as if he were real and had aged up to this day. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of out of shape and just this <laughs> grizzled little dude and it was just kind of supposed to be a silly fun thing. And of course the timing of all of it, it happens when there's no other Mega Man stuff. Right. So the timing of it, not great. Uh, not great, especially when your job is to be a community manager um, and talk yeah. about Mega Man. Have at it. Uh, so that's been uh, very much, uh, I just joined in like right in a hurricane season. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think we're, the next like 15 months of stuff coming out of Capcom, I'm actually very excited about. Like like no, no shit, really, really psyched about. So I can't wait to like, get get to that point where we can actually start talking about the stuff even even uh some of the stuff with captivate was part of that but there's even stuff uh beyond uh obviously they're still working on more stuff other than the three games we had i Boy, noticed you glanced at the wall i did I was, trying beyond. To find, I was trying to find a way to work in beyond into the statement but uh beyond 2012 is what you need to <laughs> um but yeah that was kind of the idea that it was just supposed to be let's have some fun with this character yeah. and do some... And, you know, Pac-Man's riding Moku Jin, which is supposed to be super ridiculous, so it's like, well, what version of Mega Man? It would be kind of weird if it was just regular blue Mega Man yeah. or even X. It would just be, like, a serious-looking X character. Like, in that game, just would, to me, even as like even if all things being equal, I'd be like, this just seems really out of place. Right. There's a panda There's a in, pan- that, in that video game. Um, panda, sir? There's a bear. 
Well, there's isn't Kuma it a character? Well, Kuma panda. was a panda. There were multiple skins. Well, no, Kuma is a uh, grizzly bear, I believe. And yeah, a grizzly he... bear or a brown bear, but his alternate costume is panda. Right, panda, okay. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a panda. So I am not mistaken. Well, no. Let's, <laughs> we're splitting hairs. I know everything about Tekken. <laughs> we're splitting hairs. It's like Alex and Roger. I mean, they're two technically different characters. There you go. Um, don't mess with me on Tekken, man. I don't even know what I'm that means. About. <laughs> I'm on a favorite Tekken. I had a wasted a weekend a few weekends ago uh, with a friend, uh, and we just launched the uh, the Xbox uh, YouTube app, which is really good. Like mm-hmm. you can just watch full screen stuff. Like I was just yeah, yeah this is gonna be some junky app that doesn't work, and I just end up watching a ton of crap on YouTube via <laughs> Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, the search could use some work, but uh, we were watching just all the Tekken four, five, six endings, and it's like, yeah. let's just watch all the Kuma endings, and they just get progressively weirder and weirder, where he's, like, <laughs> running the Mishima Corporation and sitting behind a what? desk. And Amazing. Like, yeah. And he's, like, pushing this yes-no button, and the trapdoor opens, and it's <laughs> and he falls down this well with, like, a giant mackerel next to him and a cartoon sound. It's uh, just wasted, like, four Brand. hours. Just, wah! Watching each one. <laughs> the Tekken film was sorely lacking in Kuma. And Kuma. Yeah. There was some bear. There was panda to be had in uh, Blood Vengeance. Is that what it was called? I've only seen yeah. clips. The, the CGI one? No, 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 no. The, oh, you're talking the, the live action one. one. Yeah, oh, that's not a real movie. Come Are you sure? Now. It's hilarious. Yeah, oh sure. wow! It's right up there with Dead or Alive. Woof. No, let's not talk about the Street Fighter movie. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if, <laughs> I, that if, one's if I may, like, just derail everything because that's please do. I'm really, that's how at, we do. I'm really good at that. Good. Um, the, the Street Fighter movie, the '94 Van Damme one. I feel like, in my heart of hearts. That movie has actually come like full circle. I guess it'd be more of a 180 at this point, where like it's got to this neo sincere point, where like it. I hated it as a 14 year old because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is absolutely not what I wanted in a Street Fighter movie. You missed the point completely. <laughs> and then as a teenager, it, or you know, as a young adult, it was kind of like, no, it's kind of funny, so bad it's good, whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll watch it once and laugh and just kind of move on. And I almost feel like it's got back to a point where like I watch Van Damme's speech and I'm like, I really feel it now, <laughs> and I almost want to watch it. And just, like, share with everyone, like, <clears throat> what if we just had a giant viewing party with the old Van Damme? Like, I think we could all enjoy it now. I think it's safe. I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. Well, Com- it's really bad. But it's so much fun. Like, Compared to, like, the just balls-out crazy story of the recent Street Fighter games, it's almost like a gritty reboot. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the Batman Begins. It does seem like the movie we'd make now. Yeah. Instead of back then. Blanca getting tortured and all yeah. sorts of shit. See, as a Blanca <laughs> fan, that really pissed me off. Because I'm like, I don't want him to show up in the last minute of the movie as some weirdo experiment. Like, yeah, and he didn't really fight. He didn't do anything. He didn't really look like Blanca either. The like, one guy Before from... he knows Hulk looked better than that. <laughs> he didn't fight. It was like him and Dalsum. They're just sitting yeah, around. Yeah, Dalsum's like, like, I'm a normal dude. And then all of a sudden, all my hair burned off. And now I look like Dalsum. <laughs> and, and okay, bye. What? Now I'm bald and I don't fight. Like, I don't what? fight. I don't Come stretch. On. I don't do anything. And mm-hmm. also the movie's about uh, Guile, who's played by Jean Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> all American hero. And he does all not American have Belgian <laughs> hero. That sweet hair. Yeah, indeed. Well, let's talk some Captivate <laughs> stuff. I got my papers in front of me. You I, do. I heard there were Capcom video games there. There, there were, were some. Mm-hmm. Now, were you? You didn't go to Captivate. Did I you? did. Oh, you did. Yes, okay. Yes. Yes. Great. Um, yeah. This is my. I usually attend Captivate as press, so mm-hmm. attending it this side this time from the other side was actually pretty interesting. Um, but just just to see, just to sit in the demos and like watch the press reaction, yeah. and then get to talk to people that I still know in the press and be like, oh, "So what'd you think?" And I have a different perspective to it now. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is, I can go back and this dovetails into community management in general. But like one of the coolest things about my job is to take honest reactions, like right there on the floor or from the community and then like get a sense of where people are and actually feed that back to people who make 
like decisions mm-hmm. and like try to make it so if something was unpopular or a decision was made that people didn't like or a thing was presented in a way that actually made it more contentious or confusing that I can write all this up and, and be like, look, we, we should reevaluate how we do this X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. Fans didn't take it or press was like confused. They felt they didn't have the right assets or, or whatever. So I can right. actually hopefully then make the next thing a little better. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the coolest aspects of my job right now. Cool. Um, so that was what I really focused on at, at uh, Captivate this time. There you go. Like, yeah. No, that's that was a weird tangent, but uh, <laughs> it comes back to that. Well, I mean, in, in terms of Captivate this year, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is your first year working for yeah. Capcom, being on the other side of that coin. What what do you think were some of the strengths of the show? If if you were still a journalist, what would you be like most excited about? Um, honestly, the the demos for uh, DMC that 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 was shown, mm-hmm. um, it was really strong. Like they had people there playing that, um, and this is like the first hands-on the press got. Period. Yeah, and it was also the first time the game the veil was kind of lifted, and it's like okay, now that we've had a year or so longer to talk about the reboot look, Dante, like people who take it, people who don't, or mm-hmm. the, the different world, the reboot. Now that that argument's kind of been out there for a while, we can actually focus on the gameplay. Like, well, is it fun? And yeah. does it feel like DMC? And uh, I, f- I felt it did, but then now that all the hands-ons have come out, it seems like the press tends to agree as well. Mm-hmm. And sitting in that room watching the demo with somebody who can really nail these combos and chain a bunch of stuff and stay in the air juggling for a really long time, it was really awesome. And wh- listening to the crowd like react and know that it's like your company's product that's making people react this way mm-hmm. was super cool. And then I actually wanted like the juices in me to go write about something cool that I saw were like flowing. And I'm like, but it's not my job anymore. <laughs> and I can't do it. Uh, so that was... That was cool, and then also Lost Planet Three had a really good demo that that showed it off, and then we didn't actually like release that footage, like mm-hmm. gameplay footage, and said there was like a, a cinematic yeah, trailer. CG thing. And I feel like we should have, like, <laughs> because it, it made the game look pretty cool. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm assuming that's coming out pretty soon, and also E3's not far off at this point, so yeah, I assume that'll happen. But uh, and then obviously RE6 had a big, had a big demo where it just right. walked through this whole Leon. Uh, part in the beginning that's very re4 style very moody and slow paced and just lots of shadows and and so sitting in the room for that was, was really cool as well there'd be a lot of fun stuff to write and get out of that as well cool. but again this time it was just kind of like along for the ride and i, I do get to do interviews for cap community mm-hmm. so i'll be posting those on uh via our cap community podcast that we, uh seth and i and also uh, greg moore who's the other uh, unity guy right we do a podcast together every couple of weeks and cool. uh, so i'll have mm-hmm. some interviews to post with that as well a kind of supplementary stuff to what the press is doing but mm-hmm. i mean i'm there they're there i might as well talk to them and get something up nice it's really interesting to me that all of those games are <clears throat> worked on by devs in different territories yeah like, mm-hmm. the japanese dev a euro dev and a north american it leads to some very uh interesting uh times for vidcons <laughs> where it's like we need a time period that works for japan u.s and europe uh 4 a.m sorry everybody else so 3 45 p.m not a second before yeah it's like brigadoon just appears in the distance nobody gets that uh, you lost me nobody yeah, that sounded nope. fancy sorry, and i don't cotton on that kind of talk <laughs> anyway so what do you think we're i mean coming out of this event what would you have changed like what what didn't seem to really live up to standards that mm. you guys were, were thinking. Um, well, I mean, like I said, I, I wish the assets, because uh, the presentations I felt were good, yeah. and I felt that got, gave the press a lot of juice to work with. Mm-hmm. But then, more importantly, as former press, I would want to then have the proper assets to then convey to my fans, well, I'm going to write up this really glowing preview, and I really want to show you and not always have to tell you. Okay. So it would, 
uh, it's one of the things I want to work work on them with. And I mean, it's not totally, it's obviously not my call, mm-hmm. but I can with feedback. I, I have, you know, that's my job is to tell you what well, what's the community thinking and. Yeah. If they're thinking, boy, I sure wish I could have seen Lost Planet 3 being played, I'm definitely going to send that email off and make sure that that case is known. So that's, I mean, that's also, I think, the way with press generally. You always want yeah. more assets. Yeah, like, you never, course. that's enough screenshots, thank you very much. <laughs> like, you're always like, oh, please give me every trailer and gate, and not so much trailers, but like gameplay footage. Show me the game in motion. Show me yeah. something looking cool. I want to show my readers uh, why this game was cool and why I wrote combat's awesome do you have any footage of the combat yeah sort of <laughs> uh, i know maybe like dmc i know we did actually send some combat footage um but i don't think it was i don't think it was quite what we showed in the demo mm-hmm. uh, so i wish we could have had some of that but i mean also it's like captivate such a huge organization like effort right getting all the assets with like you said all these different territories and getting everything together and then with e3 just two months behind it it's very difficult to get all those assets together so i understand why sometimes like the dev teams are probably like yeah i, I wish i could have but mm-hmm. you know getting it all prepared and ready to uh, uh broadcast what's the word i'm looking for distribute distribute there it is bam, bam. nailed it you read my mind <laughs> Uh, getting ready to distribute out like that. I mean, that's always just time constraints and all the boring answers that no one really wants to hear. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Lost Planet was the most interesting of that bunch to me. Um, like, I'm super stoked for DMC and RE6. Uh, but thank like, you. Here's your $5 thank bill. You. <laughs> um, but Lost Planet, like, that series is something that, like, the first game to me was mm. really cool, but mm. it wasn't quite there. And then I just... I. Couldn't, I could not stand Lost Planet 2. Something about that game just didn't click with me. How yeah. dare you? How dare you? I know. I'm right here. that five bucks back. <laughs> I, well, 250 back. You can break Okay, that. good. <laughs> but Lost Planet 3 is like, I, I, we didn't see it. Steve and I didn't go to Captivate, but it's super different, right? It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty damn different. I mean, I was a huge fan of the first one. Like, it, it just, it was the right game at the right time, I felt. Like, early 07. The it multiplayer was, like, was super hot. Multiplayer was awesome. Like, the whole giant monsters. And I actually liked all the stumble animations and mm-hmm. trudgery of, of like, waist-deep snow. No, like it just yeah it's not the fastest playing game but it felt it felt real it yeah. felt appropriate uh, and then two actually kind of a precursor to me talking to people but I, I got to go to osaka to see capcom japan's uh like office when they were building lost planet 2 and got to see like mm-hmm. the very beginnings of it and i saw the giant salamander boss that you're fighting i was like wow it's gonna be awesome and then when it came out i actually didn't get to review it i mean because i took the trip so i'm like i'll step right. out i don't want to yeah, yeah. do the review just because it'd be weird yeah um and I read the review, and I never actually got a chance to sit down and play with it, but I, I definitely read, like, what the reaction was, and, you know, like, there wasn't a main character, and it, it seemed kind of, it wasn't quite what the first <laughs> one was, and it wasn't quite something totally what they wanted as a you know, evolution of the first game, so yeah, it took a couple of years off to really think about what to do next with it, and uh, the team kind of came back with this new take on it that's, you know, again, story-focused on one character, this right. trucker... Uh, not not literally a trucker, but he's got that personality. Space robot trucker. <laughs> Space trucker. Uh, <laughs> so it's about him and, you know, landing on EDN3, which is the planet, uh, the lost planet, if you Ooh. will, um, which is being perpetually discovered over and over again. <laughs> hey, uh, look at that. Man, we found it. Whoa, it's, it's, again. It's never actually been lost because um, <laughs> you had to have it and lose it. It'd be a discovered planet, undiscovered planet. Anyway, um, semantics here everybody lost planet 4 is going to be found planet found planet very (laughs) much very much discovered planet so where did spark come in because i'm actually not sure okay uh because some of this stuff like i actually i knew lost planet 3 was around like since i started actually and as an example of like how far ahead a lot of the stuff is that trailer that came out um Mm -hmm. this week actually right 
Like, I saw that maybe my second week at Capcom. Oh, really? Like, back in September. And oh. so, like, a lot of the stuff, I mean, you know, it's always years in development. So, a lot of the stuff is ready. It's just getting the demo ready, getting something to actually show. Because cutscene's one thing, um, but you want to have some gameplay to show. So, that, obviously, the game has still some time in the oven before it comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, early 2013 for your Xbox, PS3, and PC. But um, <laughs> as for, the, like, the direction and stuff, I'm actually not too sure. I know that they just wanted to... Uh, you know, kind of hit a reset button to a degree, and it's a prequel, right. so you kind of get to set up how, like, how maybe the first game came to pass, and, uh, like, how the those various uh, settlements got started in the first place, and also it's much more untamed than it was before. There's not a lot of structures out there, so you have this kind of, like, hub area that you work in, and you have your giant utility rig, which is kind of a precursor to the vital suits, because, you know, over time, machines get smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Unless it's an iPad, and then it gets bigger again, yeah. and then it shrinks yeah, again. And, but uh, generally, it's like a dying star. Yeah, <laughs> just gets bigger and bigger, and then smaller, and then bigger, a and then bigger, and really then it blows up in your pocket, and now you got a real problem. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, the idea was to uh, you save this hub area that you kind of walk around. Your fellow settlers are there, and everyone's kind of there getting contracts and finding these pockets of thermal energy laying around. And the bit is, everyone's kind of like prospector gold rush days. Everyone's kind of there trying to just find it, and the main character is trying to send money back home to his family so they can just scrape up enough and, and get back home, and of mm-hmm. course he'll discover all kinds of, I don't think this company's telling us the truth about this planet, and that kind of stuff, <laughs> so then the story will blow up, and oh my goodness, conspiracies. <laughs> but um, that's kind of the bit. It's, it's, it's before the first game, it's before, mm-hmm. it truly is before the game is actually, the lost planet has actually been total, because even in the first one, you've got like these massive structures and and they're kind of under the impression that they're the first people there, or among the first. And, of course, they'll find out that maybe they're not, and maybe something else was going on. But uh, you kind of see the beginning of the vital suits, the beginning of the grappling hook, the beginning of uh, discovering Acrid. Like, they know Acrid are there, and there is indig- mm-hmm. indigenous life, but sometimes they'll talk about, there's no big Acrid here, that's silly. <laughs> and then they'll discover one, and like, oh my god, there are big Acrid. So mm-hmm. it, it'll be kind of fun to explore how that works. And then so there's and then there's... Uh, on foot, off foot, rather on foot and in vital suit, I should say. Um, and robot foot. Robot foot. That, that's appropriate. So, like, you, you get in your mech. It's not a mech. I'm sorry. Strike that. <laughs> utility rig, everybody. I like uh, that. You get in the utility rig. Because it it's not so much like a vital suit with, like, guns and weapons and stuff on it. It's mainly just to be a functional machine. It's got mm-hmm. a drill. It's got a claw hand to kind of dig things. And it just walks really slow. It's not meant for combat. So, use it to take missions, go out, find pockets of energy, but then maybe you got to hop out and actually explore on foot into some smaller areas, but then you're at risk because the acrid are running around or the weather's really intense or even uh, since the utility rig acts as kind of your home away from home, if you start straying too far, your HUD will actually start flickering in and out. And if you hmm. actually get like underground exploring caves and stuff, then your HUD just disappears and you don't have any connection to the outside world again. So they kind of want to get you feeling like you really are on the frontier and you're out there kind of hmm. lost and looking around for the you know money basically yeah and you get thermal energy take it back to the hub and uh kind of go from there and then the cycle repeats and there's obviously a lot more to it but that's kind of what they've shown right now right um but one of the cool things they showed that was we didn't have footage of was like you fight this giant acrid on foot and it takes a lot of effort and you have to like dodge bob and weave and slowly wear this thing down with shotguns grenades and stuff throwing grenades in its mouth and mm-hmm. letting it blow up and um but then later <laughs> you run into the same acrid when you're in your utility rig and the combat totally changes and now you're you know, in this giant machine that can, like, smash this thing to bits. Right. And so the fight's totally different. 
Um, but then you'll run into another acrid that now its back is totally locked up with a you know a, a thick shell, and its its weak point isn't the same. So the bit there is totally different. So the combat kind of it's not just punching the same enemy over and over again. Mm-hmm. So because you know it's a giant robot that moves slow, right? And you want to you want to mix it up when you can. And then uh, the other obviously big point with Boss Planet has been uh, multiplayer. Uh, one, mm-hmm. especially one and two, uh, took it up a notch because um, multiplayer and two had a lot of new ideas that were really fun, but. We weren't talking about Lost Planet 3's multiplayer yet, but obviously it will be there. Um, I'm Yay! sure it might. Yeah, obviously it'll be there. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they want to pace things how they how they talk about what and at what times. So um, I'm not sure when they'll actually get around to, like, sharing it. And what Probably the, E3, somewhere around what, there. What the modes are. Yeah, Seems it could, like a good could time. be. Or it could be like they want to, you know, shore up the, the single player and make sure that's totally understood mm-hmm. before they jump to that. I'm, not, I'm not right. actually not sure, but, I mean, definitely will be multiplayer. It was a big part of Lost Planet's success in the first place, so... Uh, details to come, and uh, I actually don't know anything about the multiplayer, so I can't even like I can't even like hint. Spoiler alert! Yeah, awesome. Let's shift gears to uh, Resident Evil Six. Then um, one of the things that a lot of people were wondering about uh, Resident Evil Six is whether or not it would be as co-op heavy mm. as um, Resident Evil Five was, mm-hmm. and we got actually in quite a few emails. Yeah, um, people, to the podcast. People are interested in that game. Who yeah. knew? Right? It's weird. I know. It's like, really, what is this Resident <laughs> Evil? But yeah, I mean, would you do, you do you think there's going to be like the same level of co-op, maybe even more? Um, um, well, I, like we said in the the, the Captivate stuff, like mm-hmm. uh, every character has a partner. Yeah. So they're all kind of paired up with people. So you have um, Leon with Helena Harper, who's a new character, mm-hmm. and they're kind of on the run, having been framed for the murder of the president. Uh, president Zombie. I hate when that happens. Now, was he framed or did he actually shoot the president in the oh, face because he, he was a zombie? Well, I guess framed is a wrong, is a wrong term, <laughs> but uh, he did shoot the president. But you know, I didn't do it. Well, I did, but it's not my fault. Exactly. It's like <laughs> he I was did. already dead. Yep, I did. Of. But so, um, so they're on the run. So they'll they'll be co op partners, and then uh, uh, Jake is partnered with Sherry Birkin, who returns from RE2. Um, now all grown up, and now uh, you know, guys are they they they, they share kind of a similar background and that their mm-hmm. genes are all messed up and is jake that blonde guy jake's like the skinhead dude okay um skinhead dude is probably not the proper term probably not for it, but uh <laughs> just buzz cuts you know no hair kind of thing i see uh so they're on they're also you know they'll be paired up as a team and then uh chris has his own partner from the bsaa another guy peers i believe mm-hmm. um and he's kind of a he's actually been appearing in like an re6 themed uh, manga that's been in japan i think lately i might be wrong about that but hmm. he's kind of shown up already like he's not just a new recruit like he's kind of been there and uh as another bsaa guy that Chris known commodity up. yes so uh yeah each of them do have partners so there will be uh, a lot of you know, the co-op each of these characters does have a co-op partner so that'll still be part of the game but i'm uh having i guess the ai from five gave some people some trouble um i actually reviewed mm-hmm. five back in the day and i I played through a co-op completely once, and then by myself once. And I mean, I don't remember having that much trouble with Sheva, but I didn't either. Um, but I mean, there was for me, it was one boss fight in particular when you're on the elevator and uh, mm. going down. It's you're fighting some giant spider robot yeah, thing. That. I remember that boss. She would just go around collecting all of the ammo, and, <laughs> like just shooting blindly into the goddamn thing. And I'm like, okay, stealing all your. If grenades. you're not gonna shoot it right, quit taking my shit you yeah know? uh yeah i don't yeah that that was one of the the more frustrating um for sure sheva moments that come to mind for yeah me. but i mean yeah I'm, I'm hoping they look at that stuff like that and like make the ai when you're not playing together uh behave appropriately <laughs> yes hopefully 
Yeah. That reminds me, like, that whole setup reminds me a lot of two. I think, was two the one where they had two campaigns on two discs? Yeah. Like, it Leon, seems, and, Leon and Claire. Right, yeah. It seems mm-hmm. a lot like that. It's similar in that respect uh, that they do have, uh, you know, they're all taking place in the same time period, mm-hmm. you know, with next to each other, but then they do have very different courses. Mm-hmm. Each one kind of plays differently than the last, right? Like, Leon's yeah, like, is very slow and brooding and scary. And yeah, Leon is definitely, uh, like, specifically wanted to keep him in, like, the RE4 style of gameplay where, yeah, there's some action moments, but generally it's a little slower paced, a little bit more about tension mm-hmm. and uh, just setting the mood. Mm-hmm. So Leon will specific specifically kind of veer that direction, whereas Chris, um, you know, is in the BSAA, and that's not an organization that lurks around in the shadows. Like they, <laughs> like a, fuck yeah, zombie yeah, killing exactly. rock star. The whole, whole bioterror <laughs> thing kind of escalates, shoving cameramen out of the way. Get the yeah, fuck out, get out of my face, brah. So, <laughs> I mean, and I know like as RE moves towards, you know, has these action elements to it. Um, it's like, oh, we'll get back to the basics and have you know trudging around a, a mansion and and be you know where's the scares go and it's like i think the leon part will really play to the, the re4 style of gameplay whereas chris mm-hmm. it, it just makes sense as both plot progression and then just character progression that i mean the whole point of umbrella and all the viruses was to make you know weapons and monsters and stuff and vi- 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 viruses virus virus sites virus vi- vi- <laughs> moving on <laughs> uh, multiple virus multiple viruses <laughs> yeah, there you go um yeah like it just makes sense as a game that it can't stay like lurking in the shadows long if these if there's forces in this universe uh in the re universe that want this stuff mm-hmm. it makes sense that it's going to escalate every time until you get in the case where it is with six where it's like this global breakout and yeah. like they've people have succeeded like there's <clears throat> just bow's running wild and <clears throat> Some people, let's say Chris in this case, there has to be some kind of front line with people who are experienced with this, and that's going to be Chris in this case. The BSAA was formed to do just that. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense for him. And then Jake has his own style that I don't think we've really gone into just yet, but uh, it's got its own unique twists, what, what he'll be playing as. It's actually a dance minigame. I didn't want to go there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, connect What's Star left? Wars. Did we... Uh... <clears throat> We haven't really talked about DMC, because, I don't know, man, the game looks real good. I don't get the, the internet commotion about how Dante can look <coughs> stupid or whatever. he's got different hair, and yeah, people I guess, flip their shit about it. But he throws on the devil trigger and looks exactly like fucking Dante. I know, I know. Whatever, the game looks awesome. I uh, love Ninja Theory. I'm uh, a big Ninja Theory fan, I'm a big too. Ninja Theory fan as well, but I, I did get people's, you know, initial concerns. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I was in the press when they revealed Dante the first time, yeah. and it was just like this picture, and then a trailer... And then again, there was no actual, like, let, show me what the game plays like to mm-hmm. go off of. It was just right. kind of like, here's some stuff. We changed Dante. Bye. <laughs> and, like, I, I get why. As a fan, you'd be like, what? And, like, flip a table. But, yeah. I, you know, now that the game is out and the game, no, the game's not out. But now that the news is out that the game plays, like, DMC that you know, and mm-hmm. it has, like, new new aspects to it. And just the ability to switch between these weapons on the fly. There's so much stuff going on there. Uh, I really feel like the combo, like, people who really tweak out on combos and stuff are really going to have a lot to play with. And uh, I was just happy to, one, get a hands-on myself and play and be like, okay, this is awesome. I love it. This is really cool. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And it feels like a modern game, uh, but still tr- true to the core of, of Devil May Cry. Dante may be different. He may have a different personality and character. Um, but the gameplay is what I remember loving about when I played Devil May Cry the first time. Right. And I'm just happy then that the press had basically the same reaction, that Ninja Theory is kind mm-hmm. of doing it right. And Japan is heavily involved with the game as well. It's It's not like... 
Ninja Theory is just off in their own world making a game, and then was this okay? Mm-hmm. Like Japan has really got their their finger on the pulse with that stuff, and like talking to Ninja Theory directly and saying like, no, 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 the animations need to interrupt each other, so don't don't add a lot of flourish. Like it can't be this like beautiful animation that just goes and has to finish before you can do another move. Like th- this game is an action game; it needs to like interrupt moves and chain things together very quickly. So. Right. You know, they, they just kind of step in and be like, oh, okay, so how about more like this? And yes, that's actually better. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of jumping around with the analogy, but, uh, <laughs> but I follow. Yeah, but they're definitely like, it's a Capcom Ninja Theory working very closely together and uh, like a lot of eyes on this game, obviously, from yeah. all sides, from everywhere, <laughs> inside sure. and out. A lot of people looking at this. So um, I'm just happy to have it be out. And I, I actually can't wait till like fans get a chance to play it themselves. I'm hoping like, you know, Comic Con or. Mm-hmm. Pax Prime or something this yeah, year. Yeah, like, I'm super pumped to play it. I don't know mm-hmm. if th- th- that's the case, but I feel like um, I feel like it should be. I mean, certainly it should be Soon-ish? there. Yeah, it should be. It should be there by then. Good. Yeah, it's good that the gameplay is where it needs to be because, like, I have total faith in Ninja Theory <coughs> as a like a world creator, and that's mm-hmm. very evident in everything we've seen in those videos. Yeah, like the lim- or limbo is that like the yeah. official? Yeah, like that shit is so cool. The way yeah. the world changes and the way it looks is gorgeous. They're doing yeah. some interesting stuff, mm-hmm. you know, with that character. Uh, but their combat in the past has not been great. Like, yeah. Even Enslaved, which was my favorite game of 2010, mm. it was just kind of like, yeah, I'm using one button. But this world is so fucking good. Yeah, the world was cool. And, and again, that's like kind of what people had to go off of. It's like, well, what's the most recent game? Enslaved. That's not Devil May Cry at all. I'm enraged. Yeah. So <laughs> I get the, the train of thought there. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, but again, they didn't really have a reason. Like, well, here's examples of, no, the combat's fine. And now that mm-hmm. we have that, you know, at long last, we, we can show it. Um, I, I feel like that helped because I've seen the tone kind of change as well. I was reading the IGN preview recently, I think yesterday maybe, mm-hmm. and uh, even the comments, like there were a lot of people who are like, okay, now that I've seen it, I feel a little bit better. Yeah. Like it looks and sounds cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to see that that's actually been the case. And I mean, if it was a game that I didn't think was actually fun and cool, I would just kind of back in a corner and be like, yep, that game is on the roster. <laughs> it will come out. Like uh-huh. something we got. Yeah. So, But, you know. I'll, I'll say it was fun as hell. Like, I had a great time. I played the demo like five, six times, and it's just like, what if I could do this? Does this chain into this? Can I keep this mm-hmm. going? How long can I stay in the air? Like, all that <laughs> kind of stuff that you just want to mess with and see, it does it work? So, uh, yeah. Nice. Good. Very nice. Good stuff. All right. Um, let's move on to some XBLA releases. There hey. were some awesome ones this week. There were a lot of those this week. Yeah. Um, Skullgirls, uh, which yeah. are our very own Ryan Clements. Nice. Um, checked out. He, he really liked, liked it. Gave it an 8.5. Mm-hmm. Um, the Splatters, which I thought was a pretty fun and quirky little uh, engaging kind of physics puzzle-based game. game is so weird. But it's fun. Yeah, it looks cool. It's surprisingly, ad- well, not surprisingly, it's addictive. Surprisingly addictive. That just sounds kind of... I was shocked by how much I was addicted. I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to like this shit, and then I liked this it. This looks stupid. No, that's not what I meant at all. I, it's super, super fun, really different, quirky. has a, a very cool soundtrack, too. Really? And Mitch, I think you played the big one this week, though. Tell yeah. us about Fez. Uh, that game also has a really cool soundtrack. Brett, Indeed. as someone who appreciates video game music, oh, yeah. oh man. <laughs> like, Fez? Play Fez. <laughs> Do you know or, who the composer is, by chance? Uh, it, it's not a composer so much as like a dude who just makes awesome chip music or something called Disaster Piece. Okay. I don't know if he did. Like, that's all I know about the music. Right. Um, it's... It's weird, man. It's I, like I, I was talking to Stephen. Like I don't know how to describe music. It's like yeah, mm. it's like boop 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 boop, but also atmosphere. <laughs> but it's no, hard, it's hard to describe. No, I've had like game music fan my whole life, and like can talk about it for hours and do a podcast about it and all yep. this stuff. But then like describe the musical 
theory. I can't. Tell me about the texture <laughs> and the it's color. About, you know, it's fast and it's, you know, this part's really fast and upbeat and this part's sad and slow. Like, <laughs> that's all I've got. Then that one part's like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Um, you know, that it's easy to just kind of look at Fez and be like, oh, it looks really nice because it has this pixely art and lots of tons of bright colors that all mm-hmm. go well together and it's always changing and sounds great. Yeah. Everything about it just kind of like as a sensory experience is amazing. Yeah. But there's so much more to that game that just will fuck with your mind and not just in the basicness of that mechanic because the hook in Fez is like you pull the left or right trigger and you rotate this 3D world uh, 90 degrees at a time mm-hmm. but you only ever see it in 2D. So you're staring at this like straight up very high vertical column that when you turn you see a new side of it. Uh-huh. Um, and it just that's it, it challenges like what you're seeing, and it makes you think about like, oh, how is this level designed, and how is this laid out when as I'm only seeing one of four sides at a time. Right. Um, so you kind of have to like mentally build the stage in your head, huh. mm-hmm. uh, and it, it causes stuff like platforms that are floating off to the side to like totally switch position, right? And it it gets pretty nuts later on. Some of the areas are really difficult to get around. I feel like maybe I saw a piece of this like a while ago. Yeah, it's been in development for like four and a half years. Okay, yeah, maybe I have seen it like <clears throat> previous incarnations of it. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe yeah, it's done the rounds at like a lot of mm-hmm. indie shows. Okay, and maybe stuff. I have seen. It. It's at PAX every yeah. year. It wins no, like, all sorts of shit at the indie awards. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. GDC. Mm-hmm. Like all week on Twitter, it's just been fez, 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 oh, fez. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sold. Rightfully <laughs> so, man. Like it's, it's my favorite game of this year by far. Nice. Well, awesome. I have to check it out. It, it does so much weird shit. Like, you're playing it now, Steven. Have you run into anything that I talked about with you briefly about how, like, that game kind of starts forcing you to do shit in real life to interact with it? I haven't gotten to the to the QR stuff. Okay, because there's yes. all sorts of weird shit in that game. Like, uh, there is a QR code that you scan oh, with yeah. your phone. If you don't have a phone, you have to go get one. Like, you have to find something <laughs> that can scan a, fo- scan a QR thing. Mm. Or you just, you don't get the, the item that you need. Hmm. Interesting. I know I have some friends who do not have smartphones. So, <laughs> well, they're uh, not going to get that cube. They're going to be leaning on you a lot, I guess. Oh. Yeah. Well, my phone's broken. <laughs> yep. Well, that doesn't work out at all. I, I mean, my review is up. I gave it a 9.5 because that game is ridiculously good. But mm-hmm. I, you're not very far now. Like, what do you think, Stephen? I love it. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> just the whole... It, it's such a fully realized little world that it's a blast to play. I mean, you'll be jumping through this, you know vertical village and everyone you talk to just basically sounds off about how awesome it is to be 2d wow you're uh, looking very flat today yeah nice it's 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 crazy and you know the the sun will set and it'll be like this beautiful pink and then it'll mm-hmm. eventually just go like a really deep dark blue and you'll see like constellations up in the sky made up of tetris pieces made up of tetris pieces yeah it's shit like that that just and and as that's happening like the music is changing its pitch mm-hmm. and and just dynamically shifting, you know, throughout. And it's just such a cool, cool little game. I don't know. Yeah. The world changes with it, too. Like, yeah. owls only come out at nighttime. And I still don't know what it is, but owls play some kind of weird role in that game. Yeah. Like, you can talk to owls, and there are fucking owl statues everywhere, and they're scary as hell. What if I have a deathly fear of owls? Oh, don't play Fez. <laughs> okay. So you're <laughs> saying don't play Fez. There's a, there's a, you have a fear it. of 8-bit right. owls. Got it. Exactly. Got it. There's like this stone owl whose head rotates as you rotate the screen is the scariest thing. <laughs> so that's creepy. that's the that's the thing though because owls can do mm-hmm. rotate yeah, yeah, their yeah. head nearly 360 degrees. I'm actually getting a little annoyed that I'm not playing this game right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what this the hell is... am I doing on this podcast? Let's, yeah. Why are you guys just in the show already? Um, <laughs> but no, like that's that's one of the things I do miss about the the press side because yeah, I get to go to Capcom and have all this insight and like I'll know what we're doing for the next two three years. Mm-hmm. We get to talk about this plan that plan and just being really involved and that's super cool 
but it comes at the expense of kind of getting to see what everyone else is doing mm-hmm, and getting right. to go around it and travel and see games from everybody. So like this is a game that had I still been in the press, this is a game I would have seen and been like, oh no, that's mine. Everybody else, <laughs> yeah. everybody else, back off. Yeah, and, and now I, I can't do that. So, mm-hmm. but then th- there's a slight, um, you know, benefit to that is like I can now play most games untouched. Yeah. I, I didn't see them seven times. I don't have to worry about a <laughs> yeah. review. I don't have to write a guide. I can just, no, nope, it's launch day. I'm going home. I'm going to sit here happy. I don't have to write anything. If I get excited, I'll tweet something. That's it. Exactly. So, that sounds nice. Super. <laughs> yeah. That's getting getting close to inside baseball. But, a little uh, bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, as, as someone who, like, is obsessed with and really loves video games, mm. and, like, you're literate in the culture, not just like, I really like playing video games. Like, if you know right. stuff about games, yeah, yeah. this game is going to, it's just beautiful. Like, I there's can't wait. so much there for you to just... It doesn't spell out anything and say, like, look, a video game reference. Right. You're going to pick up on stuff and notice things in the background, and it's just everywhere. I mean, that's the stuff I love, is when a game is reverent without, like, beating over the head with it. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. like, if you got it, you got it. If you didn't, it didn't upset you that you didn't. You're, the game was still fun. Mm-hmm. It didn't It didn't depend on you getting that reference. Yeah. It's a blast. Game is hot. Pick like it up this Friday. 2D platformer ever. Your head. So good. All right, guys. Let's move on to some emails. Email! Anthony says... Of the recent Halo 4 news, what are you most excited and or disappointed about where the series is going? Excited and or disappointed? And disappointed? I'm excited Excitedly and disappointed. disappointed. Uh, you could be, depending on the news. Yeah. <laughs> this aspect I'm excited about. I don't know, dude. This is... Uh, I, I wasn't really thrilled with Halo when we saw it at the mm-hmm. uh, Spring Showcase. Like when they, when they finally started showing us what the game looked like, I was like, yeah, that looks like a Halo game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But everything here they're describing about multiplayer sounds amazing. That Spartan Ops co-op stuff sounds right. great. Like integrating a story into a separate cooperative campaign is uh-huh. awesome. Because mm-hmm. Halo 4 is all, or Halo as a series <clears throat> has always had the shittiest co-op. It's like, why would I ever want to play as Player 2, Clone of Master Chief, or Player 3, Dumb Looking Elite? None of which have any bearing on the story whatsoever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, I don't know, it's hard to feel included in that world if you're playing anything about Master Chief. It's true. And now they're dedicating a separate thing to it, and it sounds great. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for Spartan Ops myself. Um, the thing I'm disappointed about, though, is, like, the the leaning on the Covenant again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the I was, first enemy you see. Yeah, I was really excited about, like, oh, they're going to introduce something new, we're going to be fighting some new enemy, but then it's like, oh, you're taking on the Covenant, you're going to have some Covenant shit, like the Carbine, blah, blah, blah. And... You know, it's fine and all, and I get that, you know, they've created this universe and this lore and this whole experience and, you know, this weapon balance. I mean, that's always been a pretty important thing in the Halo Plasma universe. grenades, dude. Yeah. Um, if all it is is, like, the Covenant show up, you fuck them all up, and then you take all their plasma grenades and you never see them again, that would be great. That would be kind of cool. But we'll, we'll see if that's actually what pans out. If if you do end up just fighting the Covenant the whole goddamn time, I'm going to be... awful. I'm going to be like, what what the fuck, guys? Really? Come I think on. they would stop manufacturing plasma grenades. Just be like, well, we really... They seem to be using this against us quite efficiently. <laughs> think of another weapon. They stick to us pretty well. Also, those grunts are just, like, pulling two at a time for the kamikaze kill. Like, yeah. it's just a waste. Yeah, indeed. Like, why would you do that with a plasma grenade if you're just holding it and running away? I know. Or running around. Also, Whatever. the Halo music is awesome. We put up a story today about the new composer, and that guy gets it. Yeah. Because that soundtrack sounds really cool. It's from Massive Attack. Yeah, I guess he's, he's a nice. producer. Love that group. Yeah. I've never heard of them, and then I what? went and listened to them on Spotify, and it's like, oh, they do the theme music from all these movies and TV yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah. that too. They're great. Fight Club. House. House, man. Yep. House's thing, and uh, they've also done some collaborations with KMFDM. Really? Yeah. That'd be interesting. Huh. I don't know if I've heard those collabos, but uh, please I'll, I'll have please to look don't them up. Say the word collabo. <laughs> I didn't. 
That was a, that was a weird edit, guys. I didn't really say that <laughs> right. right. Okay. Matt says so a ha- uh, so a Diablo three release date has been given for PC. Uh, a few months back, it was rumored that Blizzard was toying with the idea of it coming to consoles. Any developments? Uh, no. No. Nope. There hasn't been any developments. Nope. But um, it's not even that. Hey, before you continue, it wasn't even really that it was coming to consoles. It was that Blizzard was working on a version for consoles, yeah, not even exactly. necessarily for release, just to see if they were interested or it was doable or what it was like. Yeah, they posted some job openings, yeah. and that was pretty much it. Like they hired a guy specifically to build it for a console. Yeah, and it, like we may never see it. Yeah, I mean it's, but you know, historically they have released games for yeah, I mean for their big franchises on not, consoles. Can we not just play StarCraft sixty four and be happy? Yeah, for real, <laughs> exactly. StarCraft sixty four, <laughs> Diablo on PS one. One. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, Warcraft two on uh, Saturn. On Saturn. On Saturn. Oof. I didn't know that existed. I see. I oh, saw the PS one. Warcraft two is the actually the marked the end of my PC gaming days. Really? Yeah. Because oh, once man, once Pint- beginning once yeah once Pentiums came around, I could no longer argue with my parents for more stuff. Oh man! It's like you need a new motherboard. Well, I don't know what that is. It's a motherboard. But I uh, uh, screw it. I want an N sixty four instead. Yes. <laughs> like it's got to that. But yeah, between Doom and stuff, but Warcraft two, PS one, and Saturn, that would be that'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt has a second part to his question. Why didn't Microsoft ever introduce a keyboard mouse attachment for the 360? Um, <clears throat> is there a significant hurdle in porting PC games to a console that wouldn't allow it to work? I'm thinking MMOs or RTS games. Uh, StarCraft 2 on Xbox, I would have bought it. Well, um, it's not so much that there are hurdles. It's just a matter of messaging and what Microsoft wants to do. Because Microsoft basically runs the 360 as well as PC gaming. I mean, Games for Windows is a huge, big push slash initiative for them. Well, it was. Well, it was. They don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, they're kind of off that. But, you know, with Windows 8 and the, the crazy UI, maybe that's coming back with a, a newfound focus on games. We can, always, we can always dream. That's the thing about being a PC fan. You just kind of have to live in the present and dream about the future. Um, but, yeah, that said, you know, there are two different audiences that uh, Microsoft is really trying to cater to when it comes to both the 360 and the PC. And they didn't want to try to meld those too much, um, at least in terms of controls. So that's probably why there was no, like, formal keyboard mm-hmm. or PC anything. RTSs do work on consoles, though. They like, do. Red Alert 3 was super good. So was Halo Wars. Halo Wars was great. Like, I had a lot of fun with Halo Wars, yeah. and it controlled well. And uh, there's this one that came out on, um, well, it's not really a... A traditional RTS. It's kind of more of like a tower defense type game. Uh, came out on XBLA last week mm, um, right. <clears throat> called Anomaly Warzone Earth. And um, I, it's a blast and it, it controls superbly well. Um, it's been on iOS and PC before it just landed on uh, arcade last week. Mm-hmm. And it's fun and it controls well. So if you like strategy games, that one would definitely be one to look at. You know, check the trial version. Uh, no MMOs. No MMOs. That won't happen. Not on, yeah. not on 360, especially not now. Not with the not with the live framework being what it is. Yep. Um, just very, very kind of closed off experience, and I don't mm-hmm. think that lends itself to uh, to an MMO in the traditional sense. I mean, I'm sure you know MMOs are cash cows if done right, and Microsoft knows that, and I'm sure that they're looking very closely into ways to create one for the 360 or even for the 720 Durango, whatever the hell. There's no way they're not looking at a Halo MMO. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I mean they they have in the past. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, we've seen exactly we've seen like the the screenshots and shit of it. So, yep. So there you have it. 
Christian says, and this is a long one, guys. I'm so going back. Us. He's <laughs> going to sit back, put his hands behind his head, and just relax. Just chill over there, Mitch. It's nice over here. <laughs> listening, to your, <laughs> listening to your most recent podcast, I was surprised to hear the general lack of enthusiasm that you all showed for the next console generation. I can understand not wanting to spend more money on a new Xbox, but as gaming enthusiasts, it doesn't really seem like that should be a serious hurdle to purchasing one, or just to purchasing at least one of the new uh, next generation consoles, considering there has been at least five years since the previous generation debuted. I think that saying there is no practical application for more powerful consoles is, short, is a short-sighted remark coming from someone who works in the gaming media. There are any number of things that developers could do with more hardware power that have nothing to do specifically with graphics. Physics, AI, motion sensing, and voice recognition are just a few of the things that come to mind as potentially processor-intensive features that could be expanded upon or improved. And those are just things that currently exist and don't even consider what developers might come up with given additional power and memory. I realize that developers could continue to use the same hardware for a number of years and learn more ways to utilize existing technology, but hardware in the computer industry is constantly moving forward, and it would be really silly to to sit on an old box for too much longer. Also, saying that there will be no big jump in graphical fidelity seems like a very premature statement considering that there aren't any next-generation games to look at yet. I know the graphics don't make a good game, but I look forward to seeing what is possible when console hardware catches up with current technology. Also, I wouldn't mind if a console could finally play my games back at a negative or n- negative <laughs> at a native 1080p resolution instead of scaling almost everything up. So, okay, that was a lot to process. It was. So, first up, just to address the point that uh, where did it go? Money, money, money. The point about money, where you know we should be willing to buy it, it shouldn't be that big of a problem. Mm-hmm. My, like my, I guess it's not even a problem, but like my thing about next gen consoles has nothing to do with money. I don't like if one comes out, I'll happily buy one. Yeah, but I would rather not. I would rather just enjoy my 360 for a few more years, mm-hmm. while you know developers and hardware manufacturers do what they do behind the scenes to make cool shit for later. Yeah, I'm I'm totally willing to embrace whatever they do with physics, AI, motion sensing, voice recognition, and whatever else developers want to come up with. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm perfectly happy now, and the more we can get without having to buy one, it's not, you know, without having to go and divide the audience between what we're doing now with the 360. Right. Like the, the people who are there playing it now would like me would like to continue enjoying that, and then people who would, you know, savagely just go for all the next gen stuff and leave all this behind. Exactly. I mean, the thing that kind of worries us is uh, the idea that, you know, it's an arms race. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like, oh, well, you got to get out. You got to take this, you know, midline Radeon card and stick it in your Xbox and release it in a year because, you know, that's what that's what Sony's going to do with their PS4 or whatever. Like, I mean, it's a it's a dangerous way of thinking and it really, you know, kind of splinters the gaming base in a way that it shouldn't be splintered. I mean, you know, yeah, the, the Xbox 360 has been out for a while. But I mean, yep. there we've seen just over the 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 leap in in graphical quality and fidelity from the beginning of this generation to now, like games look leaps and bounds better now than they did right when the system came out. So I mean, developers are still learning; they're figuring stuff out. They're they're you know learning how to properly utilize the the graphics architecture and. And they are playing around with physics and AI and doing some really awesome things with the latest games. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still think there's a lot of life left in the 360. And everyone gets super excited the minute they hear something about, you know, a new console coming out. Or here's a detail here, here's a detail there. Like, I mean, the, it's it's perfectly natural to get excited about yeah. that. And, I mean, it's... New it's, is cool. 
yeah, it's definitely cool. Um, but you know, we shouldn't sell the 360 short. I mean, it's still got a lot of life in it and a lot of fun games and a lot of great shit that's coming out. Right. Like, I mean, we're with Capcom stuff, we're still looking at stuff into 2013 that's coming. So we know that, yeah. you know, it, developers aren't even necessarily ready to put go all in on a new console. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things, uh, even for me, like even outside of games, I feel that modern consoles really hit on the head was, and normally something I would have been very uh, hesitant to accept, is the idea of integrating it into my entire like digital entertainment box. Mm-hmm. Like back in the day, I would have been like, I don't want a console that does all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. But right. now I'm at a point where like between Hulu and like all these, and, and Netflix and all these other things that are just in the machine, mm-hmm. like regardless of PS3 or 360, like it's, it's my machine's almost always on. Mm-hmm. And it's almost not a gaming console. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and like yeah, the games are there if I want it. It's got all these downloaded games on both platforms that I'm using, and you know, even even for Wii, like Virtual Console stuff that's on there. Like, mm-hmm. I feel Actraiser. like Actraiser alone <laughs> justifies everything. That's literally what is on my Wii. It's the only thing on my Wii hard drive. <laughs> I think I bought it too on Virtual Console. You goddamn better of <laughs> Actraiser, everybody. <laughs> Everyone buy that game so that whoever owns those rights goes, hey, wait a minute, and my, my we should do something. And with because this. of my weird calendar brain, I know that Actraiser is the fourth Super NES game I got. Bam! Not first or well, second or what third. Day? That's awesome. Oh, jeez. Um, I know you can do it. Well, that's before my weirdness kicked in. Uh, <laughs> let's go with late 91. Close enough. Uh, yeah. I know uh, first and second. No. Yeah. I know first, second, and maybe It's a, it's a fun third. game to play. See who, yeah. who, who can remember it. Uh, first was Super Mario World, obviously. Mm-hmm. Came with the box. Second was Final Fight. Okay. Third was... Uh, ghosts and Goblins. Super Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Not Ghosts and Ghosts. Two Goblins. Capcom games, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I was a huge fan. I have a terrible memory. memory. I don't remember anything. Like The the furthest back my brain goes mm-hmm. is like, I I just video games were always in my life. Like, I don't remember discovering them ever. Like, <laughs> like goes, They just always were. It goes back to like Friday. It's constantly there. Yeah, like, exactly. If that. <laughs> I don't even, who are you? I don't even remember who you are or why you're here. <laughs> I remember two was F-Zero and three was uh, Super R-Type. Oh, nice. Um, such a good launch. My friend, uh, a friend of mine, we used to play the Ultraman game. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yes, shit. I do. It's, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of crap, but it's like it's so fun. Like at the time, it was just and all these things they else. don't tell you about the rules. Yeah. Like you got to build up, and the only way you can kill them is with a level five blast. It's like it's just <laughs> wasting energy the whole game. Exactly. Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> the weird rotoscope animation, everything's so cool. Like the little intro for each one, where it sees him soaring up from yes. the explosion, and then getting big. God, it really it felt like. I mean, that's the equivalent of like seeing an HD game for the first time. You've been. Yeah. Like, the same kind of mental place you're in, because you've been playing NES and, and the whole time. Mm-hmm. And you play a game like Ultraman, which is actually a pretty cool sensory experience. Totally. Like, seeing all this stuff happen, and then you play the game, and it's like, this is every game I've played on NES. <laughs> Do you remember, like, the first time you saw Super Mario World? Yes. And it was like, ha, video games literally can't look better than this. They will never yeah. look better. I remember th- feeling that way uh, with Star Fox, kind of. Oh, yeah. Remember, but, like... Yeah, and people are like it's just triangles. Even in like '92, no, it like, looks just like real life. And I'm like, look at it. It's like your brains are screwed up. That's how I see the world. It's just <laughs> unshaded te- textures and squares falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember like even on PS2, maybe PS1. Like we'd be playing NHL. Oh yeah, because we're Canadian, uh, and like people would walk in there and be like, oh, who's playing? Like, no, it's a video game. It's yeah. not real. The but only, yeah. Like, how did you confuse that? Right. The only time that ever <laughs> happened with me in real life where I saw a sports game and was like, wait, that was a game? Was NFL 2K when the Dreamcast launched. Like, I was oh, yeah. across the mall 
looking over to Babbage's, which is which is gone yeah. now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but you know those Dreamcast kiosks they had in, 90, mm. in 99 and 2000, and seeing from across the room, because that's that game was running so smooth and the animations were so good at the time. I'm sure if we look back on it now, I haven't looked at it in a decade. Well, they have seven frames of animation. Yeah, exactly. But like that was the only time I remember seeing from across the building and like, why do they just have a game? Why do they have like a football game running in a game <laughs> store? And then, oh wait, that's Dreamcast, and mm-hmm. that's the only time it's ever happened to me. But it was also the first time. Nice. So it, was, it stuck out of my mind. It's like, wow, games are really moving. The show is Definitely. basically that game now. Yeah. Like, it looks ridiculous. And nice. the presentation is so very like baseball that you watch it and you're like, oh, somebody's watching baseball. Mm. And I'm Whoa. sure in 10 years we'll look back and be like, ha, we were dumb then. <laughs> yeah, it's always ha ha. <laughs> Every baseball game is the best, thing, best baseball could ever be. Indeed. Not 2K. <laughs> Ooh, snap. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to some MBKs. Uh, book. MBK 12. MB2K. So you had to explain MBK to me. Yeah. Uh, yep. Mary Boff Kill? Yes. Correct. Okay. Yep. So um, you pick one of the three uh-huh. that you would want to marry, one that you want to boff, and one that you'd want to kill. Uh-huh. You understand what boffing is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Not necessarily want to kill, but you're like, well, sorry. If you have to kill. If one must go. Yeah, yeah something okay. must die. This is like the Sophie's Choice of podcast games. Oh, man. Speaking some of these are so difficult. Dude, the first one is going to rip my heart out. <laughs> yeah. This is a tough one. Um, <clears throat> Fez, Trials Evolution, and Blood Forge. Mary Boff, Kill Go. Come back to me. Okay. What? I am going you can to... pass that quickly? No, no, no. I just... <laughs> come back. Does. I just need to think on a little more. <laughs> I'm going to marry Fez, because fucking yes. Um, I'd have to then boff Trials Evolution and kill Blood Forge. I'm just not super sold on Blood Forge yet. No, me either. I mean, it, it looks kind of cool. I like the visual style and everything, but... Just trials, man. That game is so fucking fun, and I would marry it if not for Fez being on this I list know. because it is a blast. Yeah, it is so fun, and like even the original Trials is is incredible. If anyone listening to this podcast is yet to download it, um, stop this immediately and get your ass. No, on don't. Your... No, they have download time, so they need us to occupy. Okay, pause, <laughs> hit download, and then come back and finish. The trials the was until Fez, my favorite game on Live Arcade. Yeah, so. I don't know, man. I haven't played Trials HD, or, uh, sorry, Evolution. And I really want to. I keep seeing it's, Damon play it, and it's killing me to not have it. So good. Um, I'm going to marry Fez and also off Trials Evolution and kill Blood Forge because I don't think that game looks very good. There you go. Okay. What do you think, Brad? Uh, I have to defer to uh, you guys on this one. Cause, uh, <laughs> Follow our lead. Yeah, marry Fez, boff Trials, and kill Blood I Force. know you would marry Fez. Yeah, just your description alone, I'm ready to commit immediately. <laughs> and then Trials is super fun. And yeah. then actually Blood Forge I don't know about, so kill it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Only because you're forcing me. <laughs> yeah. I don't have two boffs. I can't. No, nope. I can't cheat. You can't double boff, nope. no. Okay. That's too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much boff for one person. That's true. All right, Royce has two for us, and these are doozies. Uh, Star Wars, the original trilogy, Lord of the Rings trilogy, and Godfather trilogy. Mary Boff, kill go. I will marry Star Wars, the original trilogy, because it is my favorite anything in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I will boff Godfather, even though the third one's dumb. Third one's not sucked. good. Yeah, Just like I've sucked. I I don't in hindsight, like I don't even know if I've <laughs> seen it, but I feel like I have, and then repressed the memory. <laughs> There's some kind of scarring there. That yeah, I, it's like a made-for-TV movie. It's right. just not a good one. Like I feel if I see a therapist, that's the baggage that's going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's my boss, and I'm going to kill Lord of the Rings, which is fine. Hmm. I would uh, marry Star Wars, uh, boff Lord of the Rings, and kill Godfather. 
Okay. Uh, that, that's what I do. I'd marry the original trilogy just because, yeah, I can't. You gotta. I'm right? super. I'm getting kind of burned out on the entire notion of Star Wars, to be quite honest. That you even, shut your mouth. That even the original trilogy is just wearing <laughs> Get on Get off the, my podcast! Like, it's just, like, I discovered it as a kid, obviously, and loved it, but, and, and, you know, shaped a lot of my tastes for years to come, but then, like, just years of getting beat down. With no, I love it's it. It's an abusive relationship. I live uh, for it. Boss Lord much. of the Rings because I do love that trilogy. I love all the imagination and the visual imagery of like all of it. I, I was sto- I was a big fan before they were made and then seeing them come to life like that, I was fine with the edits they made because you mm-hmm. got to change some stuff. But just seeing it happen was amazing. And then Kill Godfather just because, like you said, it's not even a real trilogy. It's two movies. <laughs> by by <laughs> yeah. definition of trilogy alone, it yeah. can't yeah. Three is just so bad. Also, I veer towards either sci-fi or medieval or just something with capes or lasers or arrows or something. And Sometimes then, all of the above. Yeah. And then when it's right. a movie that's just about gangsters, like, yeah, I'll acknowledge it's a good movie, but there are great movies mm-hmm. in, that, in those cases. But, like, if I have to watch one type of movie, I want to watch stuff with people flying around doing cool shit. There you go. Very nice. Uh, and here we go. Oof. Here's the flip side of that coin. The Transformers trilogy, the Matrix trilogy, and the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Well, I'm st- obviously I'm going to marry the Star Wars prequel trilogy. What? Dude, I love it. There's, there's oh, no I can't kill it. that one There enough. is no correct answer here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loses. Whatever, man. The Star Wars prequel trilogy enabled the Clone Wars TV series, which is fucking amazing. Fair enough. So that's, that's my Mary. Um, I will boff the Matrix trilogy because it at least had one good movie and kill the Transformers trilogy because it had none. Ooh. Uh, <sighs> this, this sucks. Definitely, definitely killing Transformers trilogy. <laughs> and uh, as a Transformers super fan and someone who, like, adores the 1985 movie to death. God, it's so good. It's, it, like... I, I, I can't accept any hate for that movie. Like, it showed the Castro Theater a couple years ago. Almost cried. <laughs> like, just amazing seeing that movie. I did, a, I did like, an, almost an hour podcast just about that movie. It was a good episode. Wow. And I just taught, like, I love it for reasons I can't even go into. And it's it, the robot mustaches. Yeah. Uh, it's the and Constructicons, like, and rocking out to Dare to be Stupid. Dare to General. be Stupid. Oh, man. <laughs> soundtrack is God, so it's weird. weird. Uh, but that, that, the fact that trilogy exists, the fact there's a Transformers movie trilogy... In the modern world, and I hate it, <laughs> makes, speaks volumes. just hurts me so much. And I don't just hate it. It's like, I don't, I, I don't want to get into it. Kill. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, between those other two, I guess, oh, God, it's terrible. It's rough. I guess I. Mm. You got to get really drunk to buff one of them, just saying. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I would just marry the Star Wars, pre- or no, no, buff this prequel trilogy because I like pieces of all of them. And I could enjoy yeah. pieces can of it. Can boss that pod race. Yeah. And then I'd marry the Matrix trilogy <laughs> because the first one's so good. <laughs> Just threw your life away, man. And then you could edit two and three into one good movie. I still feel that there's a good movie lost in those two movies. I feel Possible. like you're a crazy person. I think there is a good movie somewhere in there. The first two sequences of uh, the Animatrix. Those are good. I really enjoyed. I only remember liking the the first one that was like the super amazing CG Final Fantasy people thing. That's actually one of the weaker ones, I feel, in the animation. I just remember, I mean, I was dumb when I watched it young and just didn't understand what was good. (laughs) So I was like, oh man, cool, it looks like real life. Um, But the, shit, what was the one done by the Cowboy Bebop director? The noir one on the train with Trinity? Oh yeah, it's the, I think it's the very last one. Okay, oh. that was super good. As anyway, the last one was the the Peter, uh, fuck, what's his name? The guy who did Anne Flux. Oh right, uh, that Peter one Chung. Was, yeah, yeah, Peter Chung. Is that the one with the the sprinter? Who's the, like about to, space about oh, yeah, 
the, that was the last one. Yeah. So it's it's shortly before that. But yeah, the the <laughs> the gritty noir black and white one mm-hmm. is my favorite one. Followed by the nice. uh, the one with the kid. The haunted house one is super cool. I don't remember it. Yeah, I like that one too. That one's nice. That one's really nice. Because it's a cool, it's what the point of the Matrix was was to explain a real world thing and make you re question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, maybe all that stuff isn't specters. It's just glitches in the Matrix, man. <laughs> right. Oh, dude. All right, but uh, to second, I will. Um, Mary Matrix, boff prequels, Star Wars prequels, and kill Transformers. <laughs> Those last two movies were just so fucking bad. Yep. All right. Craig says he's got clown ones for us, and I'm really glad he didn't put ICP on this fucking list. <laughs> I would have just burnt this piece of paper. Uh, he says um, the Joker from Batman, Pennywise from It, and Krusty the Clown from The Simpsons. Uh, I would marry Krusty. Okay. That's pretty easy. I'm going to laugh and... My whole life will be amazing. He's a sweetheart. I'll boff Joker, and that sentence coming out of my mouth is the worst thing I've ever said. <laughs> and then kill Pennywise, because no. Yeah, I'm with you. Same order. I'm going to marry the Joker, because the fucker's timeless. Um, boff Krusty, and kill Pennywise, because fuck you, I want my childhood back. <laughs> Right, that is for MBKs and for our questions and answers. If you have any more questions for us or you just want to shoot the shit, send us an email to unlock.ign.com. Remember to keep your emails short and sweet so we can try to get to them on the podcast. Yeah, Christian. <laughs> Conversely, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Podcast Unlocked, at IGN, at Mitchie D, at Stephen underscore Hopper, and our special guest at BR Elston. Yes, Brelston. 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 Yes. Exactly. Brelston. And our meta achievement. It's, it's all the you. week. It's all you. Um, watch The Godfather 3. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix or not, or just Redbox it or something. But You're a monster. Just watch it and tell us tell us how, how much it sucks, because it really does. Or tell us if it's good. Tell us we're full of shit, and it's like the best movie you've we're ever not. seen. If, well, and it, Sofia Coppola is the best actress you've ever seen. Do you need to, like, do you need to get... Do you almost need to watch one and two right away? To then watch three and fully no 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 appre- you wash your mouth out with one and two like what well, <laughs> yeah. I was wondering like to 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 fully appreciate the squandered uh, nature of three, I feel like you need to watch one and two and go right into three maybe just to be like went, wow maybe if you went completely backwards and watched three and then two and then one because two yeah. is like pre- has a lot of prequel shit yeah, it's going on in there too okay. yeah it's very prequely huh. so maybe if you did that yeah watch Godfather in reverse <laughs> rock your goddamn socks off <laughs> so yeah do that. And um, for entering, you not only get how many achievements, um, or how many Chivo points, Mitch? For that one, at least 20, right? At least 20. At least 20. This will be like 25. Let's say 25. And um, be sure to send along your emails, because you will be entered to win a code for the splatters. Because it's we got a bunch crazy. of them, and we are just itching to give them out to you guys. You can blow up goopy, blobby things and... You know, rain their blood on everything. That's what that game is about. You'll have a great goddamn time. As far as I can tell. Definitely. What do I do if I have a case of the splatters? (laughs) Like, who do I go to for that? (laughs) Maybe a doctor? Yeah. Hit up a a doctor. Okay. Doctor at IGN.com. Okay, thank you. Doctor IGN. I'm writing this down. Yep. (laughs) I'm writing it down in splatter. At (laughs) splatter.com? Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say don't Google whatever splatter.com is. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, All right, guys. That does, it. that does it for the podcast. Thank you, Locksmiths, for joining me today. Thank you, Brett, for uh, you. making yeah, it thanks, out. Man. Thanks, And joining us. And uh, thank you very much, listeners. And we will catch you next time. Bloop, bloop.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.